Once upon a time in adequately advanced magic. The first time in a long time, he, he's got like complete calm about what he has to do. He's not scared. He's not anxious. He's not calculating risks in his head. He's like, gotta, gotta get rid of this demon. Jack looks at the others. Jack, what are you doing? We have to help him. And winks and then pulls the trigger. There is a lot of smoke and there's a lot of fire. Suddenly you hear a fluttering of tiny wings and before you, you see the female pixie that was in the pixie jar. Lena at your service. And you see Virginia trapped underneath a very large piece of rock. With the combined effort of Galazar, Audrey, Nicholas, and the goblins, y'all are able to lift up the concrete slab, pinning Virginia to the floor. Yeah, and the goblin leads you into West Ovaria. Welcome to Falcon's Reach, a city in which magic is technology. You're listening to Adequately Advanced Magic. Kirkir and Niklaus, the two of you find yourselves back inside the Museum of Falcon's Reach. It's been three days since the train heist and the subsequent explosion. (laughs) Ahead of you in the offices of the Falcon's Reach Museum is a pile of scrap metal and protruding from the top is a short sword, and on top of the short sword is a familiar-looking beanie. A light rain. (laughs) We can hear it. Yeah, patters onto the skylight. The skylight. Are uh, Constance and Audrey also there, or...? You turn around and you see Gobzu and Audrey. Audrey is sitting at one of the tables, lost in thought. Gobzu sitting on one of the couches. So Niklaus walks up to the, the marker and his fists are clenched at his side. The somber expression on his face. And on the beanie he notices there's like a section that was damaged, like torn. And he reaches out and slowly moves his hand over it, casting mending on it. And he says, Jack, we didn't know each other very long, but we went through a hell of a lot together in a very short amount of time. I promise we're going to find out why this happened to us. And we'll make sure that whoever's responsible pays for it. And I'll make sure your family knows what happened to you. And then he steps away. Okay, Herkir has been, over the previous three days, collecting some dirt, some soil, and preparing a little garden at the bottom of the sculpture. And he goes and puts a final handful on the uh, soil he's got there. Puts in some seeds for some vines that will grow up into it. Clears his throat, sort of, but then then looks away and walks away. 
Audrey gets up from the table that she's sitting at, and she heads over to the sword. She bows her head a little bit, and from a distance, you can hear her muttering some sort of prayer. And then a couple of seconds later, she gets up and heads back to her table. Gobzu also heads up, and he's not really making any sounds, but you can see just a constant flowing stream of tears. It's like someone left the faucet on. <laughs> From inside his tracksuit, he pulls out a little painting that he did of Jack, and he puts it at the base of the sculpture, and then he returns to his couch. Can you describe the painting? Yeah, it's just like a little portrait of Jack. He's looking as nervous as he did in life. <laughs> and upon closer inspection, you see that there's like a painting inside the painting Ooh. in the back. <laughs> there's a couple of minutes of silence. Niklaus goes to Gobsu and kind of just sits with him, puts his arm on his shoulder till he's uh, not crying anymore. Yeah, there's like a lot of snot on him. <laughs> Let's do some uh, stealthy prestidigitation for him. <laughs> we still need to get into the city. We gotta let Jack's family know what happened to him and... Right. We gotta find out who did this. We need the IDs for that. Yeah, Audrey says, Yeah, Constance should be about done with that now. Should we head out? Yeah. Rico looks around. Yeah. Yep. One thing you do notice is that the break room is completely trashed, and there's a vending machine in there that's been crushed into the shape of a motorcycle. Ah, our hill giant friend seems to have found this place. I don't know why I'm commenting on it now, three days after we've been here. <laughs> so I guess we should head to Constance. Sounds good. I confirm the location on the map. I'm going to let them all go out in front of me, and then as the last one out, I'm going to point my staff of flowers at the little soil pile of soil I made and cause a single red rose to explode out of the soil and then close the door behind me. As you close the door, the camera lingers on the little sculpture and flower for a hot second. As the party enters the foyer of the museum, you see Lena, the pixie, fluttering around. She says, oh hey. Hi, Lena. Do you have somewhere to go? Well, funny story about that. Oh? See, there was this little awkward incident where I turned the Gobfather into a rat. Oh. And let's just say I'm in charge now. Gobsy was like, ugh, ugh. Things are improving around here, then. But I did hear about some sort of deal regarding some mushrooms. Yes, I promised to educate the goblins on some basic mushroom nurturing techniques. To help them develop a new trade, as it were? Well, now that I'm in charge, I would really appreciate it if you would uphold your end of the deal. At your leisure, of course. No, that sounds like a good thing to get done before uh, we move on to our next activities. So, Lena, you're now in charge of the Red Knife Clan? Oh, yeah. How's that working out? It's surprisingly easy to kowtow the goblins into doing things. <laughs> How did you get caught in the first place? Lena looks a little bit nervous, and she says, I might have done something bad, but, you know, we should just let bygones be bygones. The class tries to see how bad of a thing she is talking about based on her demeanor. 
<laughs> Do an insight check. Ooh. 20, non-natural. With your unnatural 20, you can see that whatever she did, she doesn't feel that bad about it. Mm-hmm. But it's also not something that she wants other people to know about. So either it wasn't that big of a deal and it was embarrassing, or she's a psychopath. Yeah. She's a pixie, so this should really go either way. It could be both, to be honest. <laughs> okay, well, I I never sensed any hostile intent from her, so I just kind of let it go. <laughs> People have their secrets. They can, they can keep them sometimes. But yeah, feel free to drop by whenever. It seems Gobzu here is very fond of you three. Are you going back to the clan now, Gobzu? I don't know. What do you think I should do? Apprentice under Constance and learn art, if that's what you really like to do. Well, I do enjoy it. You should find the thing that you want to do and do that. Do you think I should come along with you guys? If you want, we're likely to be heading into more danger in the future. I don't know if that's exactly your cup of tea. But we wouldn't be opposed. I feel like I should be used to it by now. (laughs) Me too, and yet. Well, if you want to stick around for a while, we can... You are more than welcome. See how it goes, and then if it's not what you want to do, you can always go back. Sounds good this point do we want to teach some goblins about mushrooms or grab our papers and go from there if constance has them done Mm, well lena the original deal was to teach them in return for freeing you right am i not mistaken that's how i recall yeah seems like you're pretty free so i mean i'm sure we're happy I, i turned to her care to teach the goblins about the mushrooms and all the nice things about what mushrooms can do for you and 10 easy steps. <laughs> but we're about to head into a very dangerous, potentially yet again, deadly situation. Is there anything that the goblins have that could help us? Well, I've only really gone through a little bit of their accounting. You might have to come and take a look for yourselves. What do you think, Kirkir? Should we try to see if the goblins have anything useful for us before we make the trip? That might be, yeah, anything, any advantage we could glean. Okay. Man, you you guys should see their finances. It's a hot mess. I'm shocked by this news. I never would have expected. All right, Audrey, do you want to come with us on a short goblin expedition? Goblin expedition. Yeah, I don't mind. Okay. I've never seen the goblin neighborhood before. All right, let's go then. We head off. Yep. The party heads back to Weenark South, the headquarters neighborhood of the Red Knife Goblin clan. And you encounter Gabo again. Gabo! Gabo, long time no see. Oh, hey, guys. Lena immediately goes into conniptions. She says, Is that any way to treat our guests? You better shape up, Gabo. Or else. Gabo has, like, this absolute look of fear on his face. He suddenly stands at attention, does a deep bow, and he says, Please to meet your acquaintances, sirs, ma'am. Please do come in. Nikolaus, like, raises an eyebrow. Herker looks confused. Very, very well met, Gabo. You see the uh, the single bead of sweat <laughs> roll off the side of his head. I see you're uh, working the goblins pretty hard there, Lena. Yeah, what can I say? I don't know. Something? Somebody has to bring order around here. I see. I see. Nikolaus has a sneaking suspicion of, like, a despotic, tyrannical takeover by the, the pixie, but he, again, has shrugs and kind of moves on. The group heads inside the neighborhood, back towards the Godfather's office. As you do, you see there's multiple goblins repainting the walls. (laughs) 
into a lot of pastel colors. The goblin barricade has been removed, and there's a somewhat less crudely constructed set of doors. There's now a normal sized door here, but within the normal sized door, there's a goblin sized door. <laughs> like a doggy door? Yeah. <laughs> and within the goblin sized door, there's a pixie sized door. <laughs> the pixie sized door is actually in the middle of, of the ah. door. Mm, hover height. <laughs> you move fast, Lena. I didn't know goblins had such good carpentry skills. They can if they try. Gobzu looks sort of nervous. Gobzu's like, I'm sticking with you guys. Let's get <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's, he's becoming more and more sure of his decision to go along with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you guys continue towards the Godfather's office, and as you enter, you see that the Godfather has been relegated to a much smaller Cocobolo desk on the side of the room. Is he still a rat? No, he's not a rat anymore. Oh. He seems to be working very busy on some accounting. He says, Oh, hello. He sees Lena flooding around with her hands on her hips, and he continues, Uh, sirs, ma'am, how can I help you today? Lena's <laughs> like, How's that accounting coming along, Godfather? Oh, it's, it's coming along. Well, we uh, came by to teach the goblins on mycelialogy, and Niklaus turns to, to her care, looking to see if he got it right. Yeah, mushroom agricultural stuff. Yeah, and also to see if there was anything the goblins had that we could take with us to help us on our journey. Oh. Heard you guys had nice boats. We very much appreciate that, sir. As far as things that can help you. Let me get Gobbo. He knows the storage closet the best. Nikos turns to her and like, did he say closet? I think so. Ah, uh, yes, we did find this one thing here. Perhaps you can make use of it. And he pulls out Jack's painting container. The tactical art defense tactical device. Tactical art, yes. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Canvas of smothering. Canvas of smothering. He hands it over to Niklaus. Was this Jax? One of our goblins found it as we left the train. I don't know who its previous owner was. He must have dropped it. Anyway. It was our companions. Yes, thank you. Gobbo suddenly appears outside the door. Hello, Gobbo. How can I help you? Sirs. Sirs, don't forget to sirs. Sirs, and ma'am. Godfather here said you knew the storage closet best. Ah, uh, yeah, come with me, please. Of course. <laughs> the Klaus gives a, a subtle thumbs up. Audrey and Gobzu come along too. Lena stays behind to lecture the Godfather about his math skills. This seems right and good. I follow Gobbo. I think that's who we're following. As we're walking, I'm like... Hey, Gobzu, do you know Gobbo? Oh yeah, I know Gobbo. Hey, Gobbo. Hey, Gobzu. They, they both look at you. To the storage closet. To the closet. Yeah, you guys arrive at the closet, Gobbo opens it up, and you, inside you see that it's an absolute mess. Ooh. <sighs> it seems like there's been a recent attempt at taking inventory. You see a goblin nearby sleeping on the floor. Gobbo goes, goes over and kicks him a little bit. And he's like, what if she catches you? 
and the goblin runs out. <laughs> so is there anything you're looking for? You know, stuff that would be useful for adventuring type things. Magic stuff, weapons, healing, anything like that. Well, help yourselves. You can take a look around. I take a look around. Don't mind if I do. The cost subtly casts mage hand to help him sort through the stuff so he has a third hand. Yeah, both of you guys roll perception checks. Ten. It's not that bad. Fifteen. The two of you rummage around the closet, and there's a lot of various knickknacks and things that the goblins have hoarded here over the years. Possibly things that they took off of travelers as they uh, traverse their, their little toll system that they have. This is where the tolls go. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just a giant hurled, pile. Just hurled into the closet. <laughs> uh, so fitting. Checks out. Here, you rummage around and you find... A dead squirrel. Yes, first you find a dead squirrel. Why is this even in here? And then you find... More dead squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> whole family. <laughs> they chose the wrong place to nest. You find a peculiar looking pipe. Peculiar looking pipe, like a smoking pipe? Yep. Huh. I examine it more closely. Is there anything about it? Yeah, do a investigate check. Seven. You, it's really hard to tell. It's quite yes, peculiar. It quite hmm. peculiar. It does, the pipe itself does appear to be very, very old. I call over to Nicklaus. Hey, Nicklaus, does this look like something special? It seems right. old. What you got over there? I found there? this pipe. Here, here, here uh, hold it out to my mage hand. I'll bring it over here. <laughs> Uh, the, the I place hand, it on the mage hand carefully. Slowly floats over and grabs it while I'm still like going through We're my like pile. We're like ten feet away from each other. It like floats over to me. It like it like holds it up and like turns it so I can look at it. Yes. So this looks like an old pipe. Okay. Do I see anything else about it, Joey? How about you do the investigate check too? Gonna be a twenty-one. Yeah. You see that there is a magical inscription on the bottom of the pipe. In Dwarvish, it says that it is a pipe of smoke monster. Oh yeah, on the on the bottom of the pipe, it says uh, Baruch Kazad Kazadai Manuel. It's like pipe of the smoke monster. Interesting. <laughs> well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, see, I speak Dwarvish, Dwarvish, so I know what he says. Dwarvish isn't common over here anymore. It's it probably a relic of a bygone era. Yes, very likely. The hand slowly floats it back over. <laughs> I put it in my pack. Yeah. Uh, do one of you guys want to give the description for what it does? Yeah. While smoking this pipe, you can use an action to exhale a puff of smoke that takes the form of a single creature, such as a dragon, a flump, or a frog hemoth. The form must be small enough to fit in a one-foot cube and loses its shape after a few seconds, becoming an ordinary puff of smoke. I am collecting all of the weird items that do minor, not adventure useful things. <laughs> <laughs> Single creature. It's okay. The, in the next arc, you can choose to become a magic dealer. <laughs> this is literally the thing that Gandalf smoked when he made the ship. His was much more powerful than this one, I think, since I can do a one-foot cube, and I think his was much larger. You just gotta level it up. <laughs> Invest those skill points into it. That will definitely be super useful for us. Okay, I go back to rummaging in the detritus. Meanwhile, Niklaus, as you rummage through all the stuff, you 
actually knock past like an inflatable raft. Mm-hmm. And underneath the box for the raft, you find a somewhat vaguely magical cane. Sensing its vague magicalness, I examine it closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you pull it up and for this one, do a arcana check, actually. All right. 15. Yeah. In very, very small letters on the side of the cane, there's like a couple instructions here. It says, when you grasp this walking cane and use a bonus action to speak the <laughs> command word, it transforms into an ordinary longsword and ceases to be magical. And this is the, the item itself is called the veteran's cane. So it's a, it's a stealth longsword. I could see that being potentially useful. Potentially. And each of you managed to find a wayward lost magic pistol that undoubtedly some poor goblin that was forced to come in here to organize everything dropped. It was the, the goblin who was sleeping in here when we arrived. It was his. One of them is a Eldritch Blast, and the other one is a Ray of Frost. I'll take the Eldritch Blast one, since I think you can do that on your own. Or do you have a preference? Or we could just put it in the bag. Put them both in the bag. Okay. I can cast Ray of Frost, but not Eldritch Blast. Oh, okay. But, but have yeah. it in the bag is just useful to grab out whenever someone needs it. Sounds um, good. Do they both have full full charges? Yeah. Okay. As the two of you look over your newly acquired items, Lena comes back and she says, Okay, so I've gathered all the goblins. Would you mind teaching them some mushroom skills? Yep. Uh, where have you gathered them? Just, just in this new conference room I made them make. Okay. We follow her to the conference room. Yeah. All of the goblins are standing at attention in rows. All of them? Yes. Wow. I pull out my USB thing and uh, plug it into the computer to prepare my PowerPoint. <laughs> you can't get it to work. It takes you 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> it's too real, Joey. It's too real. <laughs> At least they didn't pop up that one folder on accident. <laughs> <laughs> the secret folder. Yeah, secret. it says nothing to see here folder. <laughs> uh, is there like where where there's dirt and stuff where mushrooms might grow? Or do you just want me to tell them stuff? He says it's Selena. She replies, well, there's not a whole lot of dirt around here or in the city, apparently. Uh, no, I seem to recall there was a, a great garbage room that was an ideal place for growing mushrooms. Ah, uh, Yeah, we can go down there. Okay. Field trip. <laughs> All of the goblins, you can see in their eyes, they're torn between their fear of Lena and the possible fear of any more mimics hiding down there. So we can see that they're afraid? Yeah. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry, guys. We killed one mimic. We could kill another. Gabu, he was there last time. He, he knows what it's like. He'll, he'll make sure the rest of you are safe. <laughs> I was like, no. Yeah, Gava, Gava was like, huh? I put my hand on his back and start pushing him towards the front of the line. <laughs> All right, Gavu. <laughs> Show him what it is to, to be a leader. <laughs> Lena gives him a hearty slap on the back, except it's really inconsequential because she's so tiny. <laughs> he scratches. He's like, ah, bug. <laughs> and he's, he's basically like forced to leave the room. <laughs> and all of the other goblins follow in a single file line down to the basement. How good is their their marching? Are they in, on cadence? <laughs> They're not particularly great at it until Lena like turns around and glares at all of them. They all suddenly perk up a little bit and start marching in, in rhythm. Nice. But as soon as she looks away, it gets all disorganized again. <laughs> 
and everybody heads down to the trash room. As you enter, you see that there's even more trash than there were before. Seems like somebody has forgotten to call the trash people. <laughs> That's okay, though. Yeah, Lena says, well, take it away. All right, Herc here will begin with some opening comments on the need for moist, dark places to grow mushrooms. And he begins, like, wandering around the room looking for to see if there's any spots where some are already growing. Yeah, yeah, you open up one of the trash bags and it's very obvious there's some mold in here. He, like, gets distracted by the mold for a minute and goes back to the to the mushrooms. And are they, what kind of mushrooms? Are they, like, just sort of wild or kind of one that would be edible type thing? Do a nature check. 18. Yeah, this is the edible kind. Okay. Uh, he, he gives them a brief lecture on how to tell common types of mushrooms apart and which ones are edible and which ones will kill you. He's doing it very nonchalantly. Yeah, all the goblins are like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And he pulls one of the sort of edible kind and starts, like, building a little patch and, like, tearing open garbage and, like, making, like, a, a sort of a, a bed where the mushrooms could grow. Do you guys have a way to get water in here? Goblin says, we have buckets. Good enough. Just make sure it uh, doesn't get too dry for these kinds of mushrooms. You want it nice and moist. Okay, what's the relative humidity, though? Herker blinks at him. I don't know. Moist or super moist? For this kind of mushroom, you just want moist. You don't want super moist. But because we're inside, you may need to bring some water in periodically. Okay, so just moist. Yes. Moist. The goblins don't really have any other questions. A couple of them start rummaging through the trash bags to see if they can find any other starter mushrooms. He gives some advice on finding starter mushrooms and anything he knows about uh, starting cultivation. I don't... Jeremiah doesn't have any idea, so... <laughs> I'm unable to supply Hurricane's knowledge in that way. Alright, let's do, like, one sort of general nature check to see how all of your teachings go. Twelve. Yeah. About 50% of the goblins seem like they know what they're doing now. Mm, they can teach the rest. Yeah, at least one of them ate one of the poisonous ones and is uh -oh. now, like, foaming at the mouth. Alright. But he'll be fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> and that's why we don't eat mushrooms we're not sure about. <laughs> Lena says, yeah, you can let them do their own thing now. Okay. If I'm in the neighborhood, I'll drop by again and uh, see if I can do anything else helpful. Sounds good. Where are you headed to next? Oh, you know, here and there. Well, feel free to come back and visit. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, we'll, we'll be back. Are you ready to go, Gobsum? Yeah. So any, any, any other goblins you want to say bye to? Nah, I already said bye to everybody. Okay, well, shall we go find Constance then? Yep. Alright. Lead the way, Audrey. Alright. Lena and the Godfather escort you guys out to the front door. As the five of you... No, wait. As <laughs> as the four of you head Sad. out... Sad. Lena waves. The Godfather looks rather obstinate. And then Lena elbows him. And then he suddenly starts waving at you guys. <laughs> How about both of you guys do a perception check? This can be a 15 for me, dog. 21 for Hercure. Hercure, as you're walking away, you're pretty sure you hear Lena mention about some plan to take over the city. Well, that checks out. I don't know. Yeah, and then she's like, teehee, and then you guys walk away. <laughs> don't know if the dragon will allow that, but sure. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> the four of you head towards Constance's second safe house, which is marked on your map. And eventually you arrive outside what appears to be a JYMO 
backed restaurant. It's a chain, I assume. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the four of you arrive outside a chain restaurant called Burritos. Inside you see the chef making mystery burritos. Mm. The, the restaurant appears to be the address that Constance gave you. Mm. I mean, I guess I was a little bit hungry. Yeah. Is this the right address, Audrey? Yeah. I'm like double checking the, looking at the map and like looking, checking the street signs. <laughs> Do I see any paintings on the wall? Do a perception check. A six. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple, but you you don't have the necessary artistic skills to determine whether or not they would be drawn by Constance. I stay away from the walls as I walk in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the inside is pretty hot and sweaty. Nikos wipes his brow with a kerchief. He's like, "Why is it so hot in here?" The cook from behind the counter is making a bunch of burritos, mystery burritos. He's doing his best to use both prestidigitation seasoning as well as regular seasonings. As you enter, you take a pretty good look at him. He's an older human with a scraggly beard and dark hair. He has this JYMO-supplied chef's hat on and a JYMO-branded apron. As you enter, he sees... First he sees you guys, and then he sees Audrey. And just given Audrey's resemblance to Constance, he says, Head downstairs. Unless you want a burrito. I'll, uh, I'll take one to go. Me too. All right, what flavor do you want? The red one. Is there like a menu? Yeah, there's salty, sweet, and spicy. I will have a spicy one. All right, two spicy ones. That'll be three gold each. I pay the three gold out of... Yeah, we, we pay it from the bank. <laughs> he gives you guys the burritos and once again points towards the stairs leading down. We go down. You guys head down the stairs and you encounter a thick heavy bolted metal door with a little slidey hole. <laughs> That's the technical term, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We knock at the... Or, I, or Niklaus knocks. A couple seconds later, the little slidey hole slides open, and you see Constance peering out. She says, ugh. Hi, Constance. It's you guys. It's us. I'm glad you're alive. So are Me we. Too. Can we continue this conversation inside? She opens the door and lets you guys in. Once the door closes, your eyes adjust a little bit, and you see that the walls are full of paintings. Ooh. Nikos remains by the door. <laughs> Is this new work? Hercure asks Constance. Ugh, it's a little repository that I keep Ah, for emergencies. Emergency art? Hercure scratches his head. Ugh, you wouldn't believe the things you can use art for. <laughs> he thinks back to their first meeting. <laughs> Gavzu's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, take notes. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to disturb you too much, but we wanted to know if our uh, new IDs were ready. Uh, yeah, I tried really hard, too. We appreciate the uh, effort. Constance is like, uh, yeah, your IDs are ready. I really wanted to make the one of Jack, but that she looks been nice. a little bit disappointed. She pulls out three IDs for Here Cure, Nick Klaus, and Audrey. Gobzu already has one. There's one last thing you need to do. You gotta pick your fake names. Uh, right. Yeah, let me just uh, think of one real quick. I'll go with Rickmar. Constance says, ugh, Rickmar what? I need more. Hercule looks absolutely confused by this. Don't you have a surname? No. Hirkir who goes by one name? Yes. What if you run into another Hirkir? What if? 
Won't it get really confusing? I haven't thought about it that much. Well, I was only asking for clarification. Rickmar, who goes by one name. Okay, you can put down my alias as Dr. Azad. How do you spell it? D-Y-A-A-R-A-Z-A-D. I generated this name myself. (laughs) (laughs) Did you want to add a surname here, Kier? No. Wait, no. Maybe? Just rock the one. Just have the one name. Okay. Like, like the famous singer, the bear. (laughs) I will actually be adapting a symbol for my name. (laughs) Constance is like, ah, okay. Just let me put these in. She heads to a workshop table in the back, and you hear some construction sounds. And she comes back a few minutes later, and she hands each of you your new IDs. Wow, that's really good. Yeah, she pulls out the little machine that lets you test it. Okay, I test it. You swipe it over the thing, a little 3D hologram of your face shows up. Whoa. You can see that she really got all the details in there, including like any current pimples that you might have. (laughs) Wow. That is impressive, Constance. Ah, yeah, I'm the best. So when are we going into the city? What time of day? You can say it's like noon. Okay. Uh, We could go in today. She says, "Ah, okay, just let me pack up. Wait, you're coming with us? Because I'm coming too. Apparently my sister can't avoid life-threatening situations. True. Mm-hmm. Audrey's just like, are you sure you want to come? And Constance is like, ah, yeah, you're dumb. <laughs> and they start fighting again. <laughs> ladies, ladies. Okay, it's just like, guys, come on. Go ahead and roll a wisdom saving throw. A wisdom saving throw. Uh, well, that's a natural one, so... <laughs> Just like the last time, they both simultaneously look at you, and they're both like, What? Uh, Hercules like, I think... And, like, <laughs> takes a few steps back. The Klaus in his head is just like, I wonder if he'll ever learn. <laughs> <laughs> they continue to argue, but the arguing is a little bit more soft than the first time around. I think they're starting to get along. Is that what it f- seems like to you? Hercules, like, still. Yeah, uh, your feelings are, like, hurt. <laughs> damaged, yes. I mean, compared to when they first met, they were really going at it. Like, they were really going at it. This is just kind of more like, you know, when you see two kittens and they're, like, fighting with each other, but they're not really trying to hurt each other. Like that. I didn't realize that was a thing. Nikolaus made very sure that he was out of earshot. <laughs> <laughs> Before he said that. <laughs> yeah. The entire time that they're arguing, Constance is simultaneously packing all her stuff. (laughs) And it's not very clear if Audrey notices that she's doing this. Um, Hercure is now investigating a piece of art on the wall very closely. (laughs) Niklaus is in her kitchen eating his bowl, burrito bowl. Nice. She continues to pack, and then very, like, almost too naturally, she starts leaving. And the entire time, they're still yelling. So Audrey also starts to follow Constance to continue the argument, and they start leaving. Klaus just finishes his meal and starts getting ready to go. Hercure waits for everyone to, uh, else to go and leaves last. <laughs> yeah, Gabzu follows Niklaus out. He just has this absolutely confused look on his face. Same. I thought maybe Hercules is more chagrined. Constance and Audrey continue to argue as they keep walking down the street. 
And a couple of miles later, you find yourself standing outside the outer wall, or technically the inner wall, that separates West Overia with the inner Falcon's Reach district of Cantaloon. Hercule just sort of looks up at it and at the gate. Nikos double checks his ID, makes sure he has it, he didn't lose it. Make sure he doesn't have any liquids and packages larger than three ounces. <laughs> Gets ready to take off his belt and his shoes and go through the security. Yeah, Constance stealthily leads everybody, or mainly just Audrey, into the, the pedestrian queue to get into the city. And then suddenly Audrey is like, oh, we're here. God damn it, Constance. <laughs> it's kind of impressive. <laughs> Constance is like, ugh, <laughs> You take a look at the wall. In this section, you see that the bottom half is aged limestone brick. It has this sort of yellowish hue. And then built on top of that is straight concrete that has been rain-stained. You see these dark black streaks that sort of drip down from the top. On the sides are some sections that have been completely rebuilt from concrete. There's like, in areas where the original wall was obviously damaged it's been filled in with concrete what's the like entrance look like like where we have to go through ahead of you you see a gate and further behind that you see several booths of frpd officers essentially doing visa work (laughs) the line is somewhat long seems there's a little bit of a wait to get to the booths I would expect nothing else. I um, ask Audrey and Constance what their aliases are. My fake name is Kathleen. What's your surname? (laughs) Bass. Bass? Bass. B-A-A-S or B-A-S-S? B-A-S-S. All right, Kathleen Bass. What about you, Audrey? Uh, Audrey looks at her new ID and she's like, you know, I I didn't pick mine. Constance, did you? Oh, boy. She looks at her ID and she says, all right, I guess my alias is Martha. Martha Bass? Martha Floyd. You don't think it's going to raise any suspicions? You two look so much alike, but are not related? They could be cousins. That makes sense. You got to have your backstory straight. Well, what's what's y'all's backstory? Hercule looks panicked. Uh... Well, you better think of it fast, because... Uh... Fortunately, I have some time. I guess there's there's some freedom in getting to choose who you want to be. We're going to go into like the video game mode where it's like, are you sure this is what you want to look like? <laughs> Would you like to change any of your background? <laughs> Would you like to restat yourself? I think I'm just going to be a gardener looking for new plants. The line goes faster than one would expect. It seems like they actually have a pretty decent number of booths open. That never happens. Hey, this is this is a fantasy this role-playing fantasy. game, okay? <laughs> it's the only place that happens. <laughs> the booths are done on an individual basis, so Audrey goes, Constance goes, and Gapsu goes. And eventually, one of the guys in the booths calls you over, Hercure. Hercure walks over, presents his credentials as he's seen everyone else do on the during the wait yeah the police officer a young baby-faced half-elf with red hair he swipes 
your ID over sort of a similar machine that you saw in Constance's place, and your face pops up. <clears throat> and he says, All right, name? Rickmar. Rickmar, no last name? No last name. Orc style. What's the intended purpose of your visit? I'm going to buy some plants. He looks at the ID, and he looks at you, and he swipes your ID on a different machine, and then he hands it back to you. Have a good trip. Thank you. Herkir walks through the gate. A different officer calls you up, Niklaus. Niklaus walks up, presents his ID. He acts a little bit hungover. This officer, a woman with short brown hair and sort of a scowl, she says, Name? Uh, my name's Diarazad. And what is the purpose of your visit? I was just uh, having some fun west of area. I'm just heading home. She also looks you up and down. She scowls even farther. I, I give her a little bit of a smile. She looks on disapprovingly. <laughs> but she swipes you in. She hands you your ID back. Have a great day, I say, as I walk past. The party has just gotten started. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Leaves the back end, like the, uh, I don't know. I don't even know what you would call it. You put your shoes back on. Ah, uh, the back end of security. We have passed through the security checkpoint. And as you collect your belongings and awkwardly try to put your shoes on around a bunch of other people. God, that's the worst. You see there is a Wolf News Illusion news bit playing on the wall. Any headlines? And it says, Train robbery gang reported dead in failed heist. The story goes that a former disgruntled employee of one of the subsidiaries of one of the corporations decided to rob a train, having put together a gang. And very briefly, Audrey's name and picture pop up. <laughs> and Audrey's like, is that what I really look like? Is it what she really looks like? It is actually what she really looks like. And the story continues that Audrey and her gang of train thieves attempted to rob an outgoing train to Edgefield Prison, but were thwarted by security forces, and the entire gang was killed. Okay. Well, I guess that means they're not going to be looking for you. Audrey says, yeah. And then under her breath, she says, thanks, Virginia. Correct. Gobzu finally gets his last shoe on. There were only two. <laughs> and he says, well, shall we, guys? Let's do it. Yeah. The party heads down a long tunnel, and at the end is just a bunch of bright light. And as you get closer to the end, the light gets brighter and brighter, and even though you're not dead, the camera cuts to white as you approach the end of the tunnel.
Hey everyone, this is Joey, your adequately okay dungeon master. That's the official end of season one. We had some scheduling issues, so we weren't exactly sure when this episode would come out, but it all ended up okay in the end. We're taking a short break from the campaign to continue our goblin bonus episodes with a special guest. Those will run for about three to four weeks, and then we're going to introduce our new third character to kick off season two. If you've enjoyed listening to us so far, it would really mean a lot to us if you shared the podcast or mentioned us on social media. Our Twitter and Instagram are both AA Magic Pod. We don't really do a whole lot of advertising, so we super appreciate any shoutouts or recommendations. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch y'all next week as Gopler, Goblet, and Lloyd return.